Welcome to Kickoff Labs on Growth. I'm Josh Ledgard, and my goal with this podcast is to help you grow sustainable businesses through the stories of our customers and our team. David Blinoff runs a successful marketing agency out of Helsinki, and in early 2017, they ran a campaign at Kickoff Labs. I'm sorry to say I missed the success at the time and didn't realize how well the campaign went for them until I recently posted a case study on Reddit about how they leveraged the referral system at Kickoff Labs to generate 28% more leads than they had with the landing pages alone beforehand. David gets it. In this interview, you'll learn how they ran the entire pre-launch campaign for a product that didn't exist yet and raised over $100,000 through crowdfunding after the pre-launch. Remember, if you enjoy this episode, subscribe to Kickoff Labs on Growth and Apple Podcasts. Write us a review and send any feedback straight to me at josh at kickofflabs.com. And if you want to go big with your idea, don't forget to sign up at kickofflabs.com to start building your audience today. Enjoy the show. All right, we are live uh, and I'm talking to uh, David Blinoff. Uh, and I heard about David because we have a search for Kickoff Labs that runs uh, like most business owners probably do. Uh, and it pulled back one of the Reddit posts he made. Uh, and the Reddit post was titled, How We Made $100,000 in 24 Hours Without a Real Product. Um, we've got a lot of customers that would like to have that kind of success. Um, in his brief introduction to the post, uh, David says he's the, uh, a digital marketing agency owner out of Helsinki, Finland. Um, and they started this pre-order campaign uh, in 2017, and now they've made over $100,000 in one day. And so I want to talk about uh, the things leading up to that, the campaign itself, and then how the sales were generated um, along the way. So thanks for coming on the podcast, David. Thanks for having me, Josh. This is really exciting. Um, I love your tool, and I love what you're doing, and uh, you're, you're trying to help business owners uh, get fantastic results. So um, I would be happy to share my experience with you and uh, and your listeners. So I listed a brief uh, like a brief overview of the success you guys had, but you had some some points in the post along the way. So you're obviously the post is also a promotion in and of itself. But how did you define success and what successes have you achieved to date uh, with this campaign? Well, you know, um, as you've mentioned, I'm a, I'm a digital marketing agency owner, and uh, we're now about two and a half years old. And funnily enough, this particular project that we're talking about today, this was the first project we ever did. And uh, it was something that was sort of used to, um, to kick off our agency, so to speak. And uh, in a way, we had uh, completely free hands to do whatever we wanted, so we treated it as, as one large experiment, right? So we wanted to... Uh, we wanted to show the world what's possible with uh, innovative marketing technology, with uh, some innovative thinking, and you know, despite having a very small budget and a very limited amount of time, uh, we were able to get uh, significant results for for our first client at the time, right? So we made a hundred thousand in the first uh, in the first evening, essentially, and uh, in total, the campaign has raised about 150k, and so so that was uh, that was very that was a big success for us. And uh, we sort of built up the agency based on that. Uh, we don't necessarily do uh, crowdfunding projects anymore. We kind of moved away from that. Uh, we are a B2B growth marketing agency now, but that still that project still remains one of my favorites. Uh, has a special place in my heart. <laughs> That's great. Uh, and so let's go back a little bit, and I'd like to dig into your background and how you got to this point uh, before the project. So. Uh, have you always 
been an independent, like an agency owner? Um, or have you, uh, did you evolve into that after working somewhere else? You know, uh, funnily enough, I've been doing digital marketing my entire life. And uh, I started my first venture, um, online venture, when I was 16. I was still in high school. And uh, I employed a bunch of my classmates. Um, we, we did affiliate marketing, promoting uh, software, promoting uh, different products online. And uh, because I was just a teenager, I had no idea how anything worked, to be honest. And I had no idea you had to pay taxes on your sales. <laughs> uh, so I would I would essentially uh, pay my classmates in in an envelope. I would bring in, bring an envelope to school, and I would feel like this um, uh, this this you know successful businessman in a way. Mm-hmm. And that's where it all started. I've just turned thirty a couple of days ago, so I've been doing this for about uh, thirteen years. And um, uh, this is my first digital agency. Uh, at some point, I decided to turn all of this practical experience. Um, into into a business where I would help other people succeed and bring their products to market. And so far, that's been going pretty well. So our agency is growing quite quickly. Uh, we're tripling our sales year after year, and uh, things are things are good. That's amazing. Um, and so you say this this project was sort of the first one that uh, got the agency started. So let's go back specifically into this project. Um, did the client come to you? Did you know them? How did you source the client to begin with? You know, the client came to us. I was uh, I was introduced to the client by a mutual friend of ours, and uh, we went so we went for lunch. We went to a restaurant for lunch, and uh, I remember that particular meeting because we had a napkin between us, and he took a marker out, uh, a marker pen, and he started drawing a concept of a product on the napkin. Uh, so it's kind of like in the movies, and um, I, I personally love uh, wristwatches. I have my own little collect- collection at home, and uh, I got really excited about the concept of uh, designer smartwatch, right? Mm-hmm. So uh, it was a smartwatch that um, was supposed to be created by a famous Finnish designer, and uh, there would be no smart for functionality to speak of, mm-hmm. but it would be all about the uh, the design, right? You could mm-hmm. change the, the watch faces, and you can change the straps, uh, to fit your outfit, to fit your mood. Uh, you wake up in the morning, you don't have to start thinking about which watch you should wear today. Mm-hmm. Uh, one watch was supposed to fit um, every every life situation in a way. Mm-hmm. And um, that was the that was as much as we had at the time. We had a napkin with uh, drawing up the product. Mm-hmm. And obviously the person, uh, the, the client had a little bit of money to invest. Uh, it was a very limited amount. Um, our ad budget was... 4,000 euros, which is about $5,000. Yeah, it's not much. It's not a lot at all, actually. And um, he had a couple of investors lined up, but the investors told him that they would not invest uh, unless he uh, launches a successful pre-order campaign and actually mm-hmm. manages to prove in whichever way uh, that there is a market for this product. Mm-hmm. And uh, he came to me and he said, look, we have a little bit of money. We have this idea. We can make a couple of renders, 3D renders with a designer. What can you do? Mm-hmm. Can you help me prove to the investors that this is actually a viable product? And uh, I saw this as an opportunity to um, try out new things, uh, mm-hmm. do something a little bit different. And, you know, if it works out, then, you know, we have a first case for our agency. Yep. And I was employed somewhere else at the time, and I was just playing with this idea of starting a marketing agency. So this seemed like a perfect opportunity. That's great. And it probably helped that you were passionate about the space, especially since you were going to be doing it on the side while you were employed, right? 
Definitely, yes. And I was just really excited about the product, but it was a brilliant idea. And I kind of, um, mm -hmm. the, um, the company owner managed to get me really fired up about it. So uh, I was ready to work on it without uh, sort of any guarantee of success, mm -hmm. really. So in the post, you talked about uh, a three-step growth marketing model. And so could you walk us through what that, what that means to you? Because every agency has their own sort of like process and methodologies. And so I'd love to walk through your process, at least the ones you used for this campaign here. Yeah. So um, we are a growth marketing agency. That's, that's what we do. So we focus on um, innovative technology. We focus on experiments. We focus on collecting and analyzing a lot of data. So we came up with a three-step process that we sort of refined through the years, and uh, uh, now we arrive to, to the model that I described in the Reddit post, where as a big picture, uh, you start by getting a really deep understanding of what's really going on with your product or your market, right? Because mm -hmm. what I've noticed in my experience um, is that what marketers think the problem is, uh, most of the time is not the actual problem, it's just a symptom, right? And the actual mm -hmm. The actual challenges lie much deeper. So when we approach uh, when we approach our marketing projects and client projects, we always start with uh, very in-depth research and analysis. Right? We dig very deep into the data. We do interviews with their sales team, their marketing team, and their customers to try and understand what is actually going on. Mm -hmm. Now. Uh, that's the first step. The second step is trying to uh, understand what is the best way to fix that challenge. And uh, we do it through experiments. As a growth marketing yep. agency, experimentation is the core of what we do. And um, so what we do is we come up with a number of hypotheses for how this challenge can be solved. And depending on your business, it could be 10, 20, or 100 uh, different experiments that we can run. We run them one against another uh, pretty much at the same time and uh, we collect data in this ongoing mode and uh, we turn off the experiments that underperform, they don't reach our KPIs and then we focus our remaining time and resources on the ones that work really well. Mm -hmm. And at the end of this cycle, you know, it might be weeks, it might be months, you're left with a number of experiments that uh, actually perform better than the others. Now, I want to st stop you for a second. So you're talking about running these experiments. And in the post, it says you ran 3,000 marketing experiments, testing channels, messages, visuals, calls to action. So when you're saying experiment in this case, you're kind of specifically talking about seeing how a specific pitch with the combination of those things in an advertising channel worked, right, for the product? Absolutely. And I think this particular campaign is a little bit different because uh, as a starting point, we didn't have a product. Yeah. We didn't have a market. We had no data. We had no materials. Mm -hmm. uh, essentially, we had no idea what we were selling and to whom. Mm -hmm. And one of the reasons we needed so many experiments, in this case 3,000, is because we wanted to test every possible hypothesis and every possible scenario yeah. in a very short period of time uh, to understand who the buyer personas would be and what we should tell them. Yep. So how did you run uh, 3,000 experiments on a budget of $5,000? <laughs> That's the question. Um, obviously, we relied a lot on marketing technology, and uh, we did have a very limited budget for marketing tools. We're talking literally hundreds of dollars. And within that budget, we had to build landing pages. We had to uh, generate traffic. Uh, we had to nurture the leads using some marketing automation mm -hmm. tool. And then obviously we had to create some referral, some type of referral program as well. 
And uh, we went with uh, the tools we went with were Instapage for uh, for landing pages. Uh, we used Adespresso to create uh, ad component variations on mm -hmm. Facebook, and Instagram. Uh, we used Autopilot as a sort of lean marketing automation tool. And then obviously uh, the reason I'm here talking to you is uh, because we use Kickoff Labs uh, to run our referral program. So how did uh, how did Kickoff Labs fit in with those experiments as you scaled it? Because Kickoff Labs comes in when you talk about step three. So once you've run all these experiments and you're figuring out what message works the best and what combination of landing pages and advertising works the best, you say, okay, now we're going to really scale this up to grow a list and to grow an audience for the product. Um, where did how did Kickoff Labs fit into that for you? Yeah, it's just like you said, Kickoff Labs comes in at sort of the, lay, the latter part of the project where um, uh, after a couple of weeks uh, of running, you know, multiple experiments, thousands of experiments, we knew exactly uh, what the message should be and who we should target. And uh, we managed to collect about 3,000 leads with our $5,000 budget, right? And uh, mm -hmm. as we were running these experiments, uh, just to give you an example, we started by launching 18 different websites, right? Mm -hmm. uh, people usually start with one. We launched 18 different pages mm -hmm. that had completely different messaging for different demographics. And uh, we, we had two and a half thousand different ad campaigns that we launched throughout Espresso. But then after a couple of weeks of running those campaigns, uh, we narrowed it down to just three different sites, websites, and mm -hmm. uh, just about 10 different ad campaigns. And we used, we used data, of course, to show us what's the best message, uh, the right time and the right demographic. Yep. So throughout this process, we managed to generate several thousand leads. Um, and of course, that's really good. Uh, they yep. were engaging. They were engaging with our content and uh, they were excited about what we're doing. So at that point, we felt that the probability of success is pretty high. Uh, but the problem was that we kind of ran uh, out of budget completely at that point, and we still had a couple of weeks until launch. So we started thinking, what else can we do to engage our audience better? Yep. What else can we do to sort of increase the probability of success? And then someone uh, referred, um, referred Kickoff Labs to us, and uh, we decided to try it out. So the way we approached it is we used uh, data from our marketing automation tool, which was Autopilot, to identify uh, the leads that engage with our content the most, right? Mm -hmm. So we looked at who is more likely to uh, open our emails, click the yep. links, engage with our social media content. And uh, we created a list of a um, couple of hundred people that clearly loved our product the uh -huh. most. And uh, we launched a campaign, uh, we launched a campaign with Kickoff Labs where we created a referral program and uh, we uh, offered people an opportunity to share uh, share the products with their friends. Uh, everyone would get their own personalized uh, personalized URL that they could share with their friends. And uh, when their friends would sign up on our landing pages, uh, these people would get points right through through your system. So your basic referral program. And uh, depending on the number of points, you would get certain benefits, certain perks. So uh, ranging from, uh, you know, five or 10 percent discount to a free product. So if you were to refer, let's say, 30 or 40 people to us, uh, you could get a free watch. And uh, Kickoff Labs, of course, made it uh, very easy for us to, to set this whole thing up because, you know, it does sound pretty complex. But with Kickoff Labs, you can do it in, in one or two hours. And, uh, and that's essentially what we did. That's great to hear. Um, 
and uh, the end result was was fantastic. Um, thanks to Kickoff Labs, we actually managed to get 28% more hot lead than before with essentially a $0 investment, you know, apart from the Kickoff Labs fees, of course. So the return on investment was fantastic. So we managed to get uh, about a thousand extra leads thanks to you guys. So it's sort of uh, like that last last boost of like, you know, we've got a couple more weeks, we've got this, uh, you know, these 3000 people, how can we make that, turn that into 4000 people to stretch the budget we had further? Absolutely, absolutely. So compared to everything else that we had done at that point, um, Kickoff Labs had the best return on investment out of all the tools because you guys got us the cheapest leads and those were all high quality hot leads. That's that's amazing. I love hearing that. Um, I'd love to also get into what uh, the success afterwards. So because you weren't selling the product on Kickoff Labs. So after the Kickoff Labs campaign to the point where you said you, you were able to get to the point where you got $100,000 in 24 hours. What did that look like? How did you market it? How did you do the launch of the Indiegogo campaign? And how did you promote it throughout the Indiegogo campaign? Um, I think, you know, the bulk of the success comes down to the fact that we relied so much on data and experimentation. So because we didn't have a brand to begin with, we essentially had to learn as we go along about what are the features that people care about? What are the messages that people care about the most? And um, as we were collecting this data, we realized that we have um, several distinct groups of people in our um, lead database. So some people cared about uh, the design of the product. Some people were more interested in the story behind it, right? Who are the people who came up with the concept? Who's the famous designer who designed it? Some people were more excited about the hardware because it was made of premium materials. So it was really beautiful. So as we were collecting this data, we realized that we should talk to people in different ways. So the, the messaging for those 4,000 people should be completely different. And essentially, we use that data to personalize the messages, the uh, lead nurture messages that we would send them using autopilot. And as we were nurturing them uh, in preparation for, uh, for the Indiegogo campaign launch, we were essentially building a unique hiker watch brand around every single individual out of the 4,000 leads that we had. So if you as a person care more about the design, then all the messages you would get from us would be centered around the design. So you, were, you were going into extreme personalization here. The, the personalization was indeed extreme. So um, I would say that out of the 4,000 people, there would probably be 50 or 60 different segments um, that, you know, perceive the product in a completely different way. So essentially we didn't have a single brand, but we had 50 or 60 different brands built around those people. Do you think that's and how products have to compete today is, is just segmenting down and saying, there's not just you know one national ad campaign that fits everybody, that there has to be really targeted campaigns that fits what how the individual person sees the product? Absolutely, I think in my experience, uh, people, want to get more meaningful and personalized messaging for brands today. Um, of course, depending on what you do, you don't necessarily have to go to these extremes. The reason we did is because we didn't have a brand to begin with. And we were essentially sort of, we had this uh, lump of clay that we were shaping into whatever we wanted it to be. But as we realized that people have uh, completely different needs and interests, we use that data to our advantage to sort of um, uh, communicate the things that people actually care about. 
Because if you don't care about the hardware of the watch and you only care about the design, then why should we be telling you about the hardware? And uh, we use that information sort of to our advantage and um, to communicate uh, to communicate to the people built with the people building up to the launch. And um, if you look at the case study that I posted on Reddit, um, and actually if you go to, to our website to see the, the full case study, you will see how the engagement, what the engagement chart looked like. As we were leading up to the launch, we were uh, talking to people more and more and more, and they were getting more and more excited. And as the launch took place on the 9th of May 2017, uh, we quite literally had hundreds of people sitting at home with their credit cards ready to buy the product because they were so excited and they felt that the product was built around them. They felt that uh, they had a role in the development of this product because we actually uh, we uh, built a tight community on social media around those leads, around those people. We asked them for feedback on product developments. We were completely transparent about the marketing of the campaign that we were about to, to launch. And uh, essentially, those thousands of people that we had they felt like they were a part of the team and they felt like they were a part of creating the products, planning the features and marketing it. That, and that's a, I'm really glad you brought that up because I saw that line in the case study that, that, that they will buy it if they feel like they help create it. And I, I talk to our customers a lot about that and because a lot of people will come to us and say, well, our product's not going to launch for one, two or three months. Like, what should I be doing like to advertise to people during that time? And I said, well, you're not launching for three months because you're still working on the product, right? And they say, yeah. And I said, so if you're still working on the product, would you like to have customer input on that process? I'm like, yeah, that'd be great. It's like, people would love to help and they would love to get engaged and they'll be more connected to you if you start doing some surveys on social media, if you start getting them, asking them questions once they like your brand and like they'll actually be much more engaged. So I'm glad you, uh, I'm glad that was part of your campaign. Cause it, uh, <laughs> it's something I tell people a lot of like, you know, it's, it's, it's a great marketing activity and it's something that's useful for you as a brand to get that feedback while you're building the product. Absolutely. And uh, a common mistake that people make, especially when launching products on, on crowdfunding platforms is that once they generate the lead and once they manage to get some interest from people, they kind of leave them be until the, the product is launched. And, you know, in some cases that can be months. And uh, most of the time, the, the person forgot about you completely by the time the product is ready to launch. Absolutely. And we wanted to, to avoid that mistake. So we made sure to keep people engaged the entire time. And just like you said, a great way to do it is to make them feel like they're involved in product development. Uh, one thing we did actually, um, that same data that we used to identify people to send to the Kickoff Labs referral program, uh, we also used those same people to create sort of a secret, secret community around our product. So we used engagement data and uh, we identified 40 or 50 of our biggest fans. And we created a sort of a closed community on uh, this, this mobile chat uh, platform called Telegram. And uh, we invited them all there and we talked to them on a daily basis. We used them for product feedback. Uh, we invited them to, to our office in downtown Helsinki to, um, to help us test different features of the campaign, different features of the product. And those 50 people were our biggest fans in the world. They literally felt like they were a part of the company. They were a part of creating this marketing campaign. And then 
when the campaign went live, um, they were the ones who told all their friends about it. They told their friends, they told their families. Um, they were the ones who, um, they were the first ones to buy the watch as well. So essentially the lesson that we learned is that you should identify your biggest fans and then give them an outlet to sort of express that love. Like the people already love you. So give them a way to share that love with the world. And Kickoff Labs was an amazing way to do that. And uh, we're very happy that we found you guys. Oh, thanks. Um, and, and you're absolutely right about the, the engagement. And I love that you guys used Telegram and created the channel and got them privately developed. Is this still something you do and recommend to your current clients? It really does depend on the product. We don't uh, work a lot with uh, launching new products today uh, in, in that same way. We uh, mostly work with established companies at this point. So uh, that tactic perhaps would not be as efficient, but we always recommend to um, keep communications personalized and meaningful uh, because when people feel connected to your brand, when they feel engaged, they're much more likely to uh, talk about you and they're much more likely to buy your products. Cool. Um, this, has been, uh, this has been really educational and it validates a lot of what we've seen other successful customers do. Uh, so I really appreciate, uh, really appreciate you taking the time. And but before you go, I've got um, sort of our fast five questions at the end of the podcast. So first thing that comes to your mind is uh, probably the best answer. So, how do you personally get in the work zone? How do I get in the work zone? Um, I like to stay fit, let's put it this way, because I've noticed that especially as a business owner and uh, as an agency owner, there's just so much to do and so much to sort of uh, wrap your head around at mm -hmm. all times. It's really easy to burn out. And um, since I've been sort of keeping uh, track of my my personal, uh, personal health and personal fitness and uh, exercise and sleep it's just really helped me uh stay more focused yeah i think that's a big part of it self-care uh, as a founder especially as the owner because you get pulled in so many different directions that you you have to be able to, to sleep you have to be be able to concentrate for hours at a time absolutely absolutely and sleep has made such an enormous difference um, i have to say um one of the products that helped me personally the most is uh called aura it's it's a ring oh, yeah yeah, it's, it's a Finnish company, actually, and uh, it, it measures your sleep sort of on a very, very deep level. So uh, it helped me understand that I don't actually sleep nearly enough. And, you know, a lot of the people, a lot of people think that, you know, seven and a half hours or whatever you're getting is, is perfectly fine. But uh, collecting the data about my sleep really helped me understand that I should be sleeping more. And since I've started sort of making these changes in my life and uh, sleeping, you know, 30 to 60 minutes more every day. I've just been so much more productive. That, that's a great life hack. So what's your favorite vacation destination? My favorite vacation destination? Um, you know, it's it, it's a funny thing that Finns have. Um, Finns really do love their solitude and their summer cabins. Mm -hmm. So uh, we do have a relatively large country and uh, a very small amount, of, a very small number of people. So everyone has this this secluded spot where they go for for a couple of weeks at a time and to just disconnect and, uh, mm -hmm. and be alone with the nature so um, it's something that I really enjoy and it helps you it helps me a lot to sort of stay offline just for a couple of days um, 
you know, no internet, no laptop, no work, and just uh, be alone with the nature a little bit. Uh, that sounds great. There's a there's a lot of people I think could go for that as well. I know a lot of people in the space that love to do just personal retreats where they just they focus on themselves and what they want to do personally for the next year and how the business fits into that. So it's a great uh, I think there's a great parallel there. Um, your favorite book or podcast? My favorite book or podcast. Uh, if we're talking about podcasts, I really love uh, Marketing School by Neil Patel. Um, yep. You know the guys. The guys managed to produce, I think, in one episode per day, and they've been doing it for for a couple of years now. And um, I always say that if you listen to all of the podcasts, and I think they have about six hundred of them, you're going to be you're automatically going to be a five top five percent marketer, if not top one percent, because the advice they share is just extremely practical. And uh, most of the time, it's really up to date. They talk about innovative methods, innovative tools. So I have a ton of respect for Neil Patel, and you know, if if you want to become a really, if you want to become a better marketer, definitely uh, check out Marketing School. Cool. And your, uh, let's see, uh, something you've learned in the last year that you didn't know before. Something I've learned in the last year. Wow. Um, you know, for us, when we hire new people in our agency, I, I would say that. Half of the interviews focused on um, the person's ability to learn. I, I do personally feel that you know being able to learn stuff quickly is is the most important skill a modern marketing marketer can have. Simply because the uh, the the field is changing so quickly, there are new tools to learn all the time, new methods. So um, I would say that's something that I've learned personally um, is the ability to learn new things quickly and it's something that i'm practicing all the time uh, by sort of keeping my mind open uh, new strategies new tools new experiments and uh, trying to implement new things in in uh, in my client projects as, as quickly as i can yeah i think that's a great a great skill i know me personally one of the things i love about being uh the founder and uh, running the business is you get to choose where you play in so like I wanted to learn how podcasting works. So this year I said, you know, I'll take over that initiative and start this out. And if it works out well and I feel like I've learned something, I can hand it off. But otherwise, like, then I can pick up something else and, and learn how to do that, too. Exactly. Cool. So someone you look up to, business or personal? <clears throat> that's that's a good question. Um, someone I look up to. I have to say, I know it's going to sound weird, um, probably for your American audience, because you guys are based in Seattle. Uh, I do look up to uh, Barack Obama quite a bit, mm -hmm. not from um, the political standpoint. I don't really care about that. It has nothing to do with me, but just on a personal level. Um, I've seen him speak a number of times in person, and um, I do admire the way he um, he manages to sound convincing. Um, I admire the way he uh, he sees the world. I would say um, I admire the way that he um, always manages to sound. How should I put it? Um, you know, when it, when you hear him talk, it feels like you've known him forever, and it feels like he um, he knows how to make people feel good. Mm -hmm. 
And uh, I really uh, appreciate that skill in people. And it doesn't have a lot to do with marketing, but um, I look up to people who can manage, who manage to express themselves in a in a very uh, in a very pleasant and, and logical manner. So I think he does that really well. Yeah, if absolutely. we're talking about marketers, I've I've mentioned Neil Patel already, but I do have a ton of respect for the guy. Um, he managed to grow from this um, sort of anonymous blogger a number of years ago to being this. Um, digital marketer phenomenon so if you're into digital marketing i really do recommend you look him up absolutely yeah that's a it's a great podcast and i think you're right about the education you can get from listening to uh, i've only listened to a few but I, I think you're right about the uh the it's amazing they've been doing it daily for so long it's unbelievable um, i can't imagine it uh so uh, thanks again for coming on. Uh, for anybody listening, there were a couple references to the case study and to the Reddit post. And so in the show notes, we'll post links to uh, both of those things, um, uh, both of those things and uh, ways to contact uh, David. Uh, so how should people reach out to you if they have any any questions or they want to get in touch with you? Well, first of all, check out the case study on our site. Uh, we really put some time and effort into it. It's really detailed, has a lot of data, a lot of screenshots. And if you want to reach out to us, uh, if you want us to help you with your marketing, take it to the next level, uh, then there's contact information on our site and we would be more than happy to talk to you. Cool, absolutely. So I will let you know when this goes live and uh, hopefully uh, hopefully we can get you a little uh, additional boost. Um, maybe not as effective as the product was in the first place, but uh, but we'll see we'll see how it goes. <laughs> Perfect. Thanks a lot, Josh. This is fun. Yeah, thanks a lot for, for coming.